Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right. Good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. And uh, yes, just for transparency, I believe this is only the second or third that I've recorded since returning from the big wedding. That's right. You want to find out more about that, ladies and gentlemen, just follow the hashtag Heli, yes, H-E-L-I-Y-E-S. That's right for the newer listeners. Uh, we involve some helicopters and some marriage ceremonies. So anyway, uh, let's dive right in, guys. We've got another new guest co-host for you. And today we're going to get more of a businessy theme, but this guy also understands a little bit about healthy lifestyle. So I'm actually looking forward to digging in, but let's just jump in here. He's a big marketing geek like I am. Uh, he's overcome the odds and loves to share that story to inspire others. We love to talk about inspiration and motivation on this show as well. And uh, he especially thrives on connecting with entrepreneurs to motivate them to do big things in the world. Well, listen, this guy's got a heck of a backstory, so I want to make sure we actually get to share that together in our co-hosting formats. Without further ado, Michael Giannoulis, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, welcome... I guess yourself too to the show, right? I'm the co-host, so that's right. Oh, yeah. You this, are the co-host. Awesome. Yeah, this is awesome. Is this your first? Glad to be here. It's my first time. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I guess technically, I have a podcast where I have a co-host, but we haven't really put it out yet. So technically, yes. Okay. First live one. So it, it will the change happen before you air it? That's the question. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Whereas this is like Schrodinger's uh, podcast episode. Does it? Is it? Does it exist or not until it comes out? I don't know. We don't know. Until we see it. Do you guys have a set uh, launch date for the new show? Or uh, we don't. No, okay. we don't yet. So we're just kind of. So you had a show before, and then now this is a new show. Or well, back in the day, I did this weird okay. show with a friend of mine. It was like a comedy thing. Okay. I need to go scrape it offline because it may have got me in trouble now. You know, I don't know what I've said on the thing. You know, it was like years ago. So the world's changed a lot. So I got to go scrub it. No, it's a, it's not bad. There's only three or four episodes. Just a friend of mine just making jokes and stuff like that. It's See, I, I don't, again, not, I guess it needs to be professional advice, but it's like, you know what, dude, whatever I do, I do, you know, if it's going to yeah. annoy a person that, that just means they're not part of my target audience. So yeah, if you end up scrubbing, true. scrubbing, but that's one thing I love about podcasting, yeah. right? Is that it's evergreen content. You yeah. put it up there. It's up there. That's true. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like you're you're in marketing. I like people who are like, oh man, I, I I didn't really think before I put that tweet up, so I deleted the tweet. I'm like, you do know that tweet doesn't actually go away, right? Yeah, ever as in every tweet saved forever, they're gonna put them up in space or something in a spaceship yeah. or at some point. It makes for great uh, uh, paranoia conversation because then people are like, wait a minute, really? Are you are you serious? I was like, yeah, just relax. Okay, Twitter's not the end of the world. Okay, you're, you'll be fine. You'll you'll survive. I like it. It's very true. So, 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 Mike, man, uh, before Mike or Michael, Mike's fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Mike's good. I, I got an easy name. It's one syllable. It's Scott. That's it. So oh, yeah. I don't have to worry easy. about clarifying that. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that you care a lot about helping entrepreneurs. Um, as, uh, one of your key focuses, right, is scaling small businesses through the systems to build a better life, right? That's one of your tags here. And, yeah. but you're not just big into the market. You're not just big into the business stuff. You've, which I love, by the way, because I, I'm going to go ahead and connect it. When I was a kid, I grew up on a farm. And uh, I love the fact that part of your backstory involves goats. Because I yeah. used to literally, uh, as a kid, milk our Nubian goats and then run the raw goat milk through just basic coffee filters. And yeah. I would drink it. 
And back when I ate cereal, which is terrible for you, uh, if there's any children listening or parents, uh, stop giving your kids cereal. It's manufactured garbage, a uh, whole different podcast. But, <laughs> but I used to put the goat's milk right on there. And, it, you know, in the beginning, it's like, man, this tastes really weird. Uh, but then your palate acclimates and you're like, it's actually super, really good, rich uh, fat, uh, stuff. So, I mean, it sounds like, you know, more about goats than I do. Cause you had a business, right? Well, yeah, that's where I went wrong. So I should have never been in the goat business. I'm not a farmer guy. I wasn't from that kind of a thing. I, I provided a lot more of the businessy financial side, did a lot of the review, helped put together the contracts, worked on behalf of my friend who was the, the actual owner worked on behalf of him with the with the farmer services to try to do that through um, I think it was F, FSA and um, so I was doing more of that side but then I got dragged into the whole dairy goat side of it and it's funny because I think now that you said that word I think they were Nubians I name I haven't heard that in so long I, I almost did, freaked did they out have the floppy ears Yes. yes. Yeah, they had a popular ears. Were, yeah, yeah. Ours yeah. were the Fluvians. And yeah. if, if you had and any they, males, they stunk to high heck. <laughs> yeah, we we had we had very, very few actually. I don't think, think we had any. So here's what's nuts. Okay. So here's what I did wrong there. Um I was for one, I was very I was very young. I can't remember 1920, something like that. Hustle, and I didn't know anything about it, but I thought, hey, you know, just say yes, right? And, and so we ended up negotiating the purchase of these things and we thought okay maybe do we buy 10 20 goats you know started out we went all in like if it was like the poker game it was like whoosh, everything's in we're taking off the watch we're putting on the house you know it was like everything okay. we bought 500 dairy goats not only that they were all pregnant and they were all set to have kids in about the same did month did you know that well, I'm we knew they were pregnant. <laughs> we knew they were pregnant, but we thought they were going to be a little scattered. But, you know, it turns out that they let the, uh, I don't know what you call them, the male. bull, the male yeah. goat, they let him in there. And apparently he had a lot of stamina. He just went there and within about a week, got every single goat pregnant. This guy, you know, had the dream job, I guess, for some. But he basically, you know, that's all he did. And so when they all, and then something that else that I didn't know, but you find this out, Whenever you move animals, this, in, this even this even includes f females, you know, like our species. When you move them and they're super pregnant, it can throw them into early delivery. Oh, and that occurred on the on the move. There were goats coming out of the trailer with kids coming out the other side, and we had to like just jump in and start whoa, whoa. They, doing they, goats. And, there was pregnancies in process in during, process during shipping and delivery. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so it became um, nowadays, it's like rural, you know, it's kind of like a funny story. Of course, back then it was very scary. But at the end of the day, that whole business sort of didn't pan out mainly because we had a lot of issues with government EPA stuff and, okay. and they didn't approve of our, our waste treatment. Um, and we ended up getting the funding to pay everyone and, and do everything locked. Because it was like a government to government request until EPA is, signs off, don't release any more funds. Yeah. We couldn't pay staff. We couldn't buy feed. We ran out of credit. Where, where was this going on at? This all this happened in Illinois, right okay. in the tri-state area, which was like Illinois, Missouri, Iowa, where they all kind of meet. There's not much there. Not much there at, How at all. How did you find 500 goats? Did you just buy out another whole farm? We, we went, yeah, we bought them from this farm in Missouri. Um, 
So long story short, we they um, we couldn't pay for anything. The government came in, repossessed them. Uh, so that's my kind of weird story is like everyone talks about, you know, when they hit their bottom, they're like, oh, my car got repossessed. House got foreclosed. No, we had goats repossessed. You know, no one can really say that story. Um, but again, I, I will say this. I, my name wasn't on it. You know, my friends was. And we were going to save my name for like the expansion for like round two. Um, but again, that didn't pan out. The good news is my friend pulled out of it. He got, he got good. He fixed everything. He, he's great now. Good. Um, I was just saying. That's, that's yeah. crazy. That's yeah. Crazy. But it's one of those stories that you don't ever, you just don't really hear every day. And, um, the takeaways for me, I always say this, if you've ever heard me talk about it before, there's three big things that I, that I take away from it. Number one is get make sure that the area that you get into that you have at least a general understanding of. I had no idea what I was getting into. And secondly, make sure that you're biting it off in a quantity that you can act, that you can adequately handle. Are you referring I, to scalability? Not, there you go. That's it. And number three, this is the biggest one of all. This is like the takeaway. If you could just, if all you get from this is this right here, this is it. Don't buy goats. That's the, number, <laughs> that's the takeaway. Um, I, you know, I, I could tell it's funny because like when I when I when I got introduced to, to you and I looked at your bio and your background, and I'm like, goats, I'm talking to this guy. <laughs> I got yeah, it. It's a, yeah, it gets me in. It's opened more doors than you could ever imagine. Well, you I mean, know? let's let's be real. I mean, let's look at the big picture, right? Business, sales, marketing, uh, you know, getting as you just hinted, right, getting you in the door due to a weird and unique uh, attribute. The, these are the things that you use to differentiate yourself in the marketplace because yeah. right now you're on this show because you know, you're building your personal brand, not just your company. Right. And you're, yeah. you know, there's people who have brand names. Like I have live the fuel, but then there's the personal brand of Scott Mulvaney, the speaker and athlete and everything else. So there's two brands there, but like what you're talking about right now is you got to start, I truly believe being uh, true and transparent and, and bring up these unique things that I'll admit when I was younger, I used to stray away from the farm kid thing. And like my father, and my younger brother to this day are still in that industry. They're, uh, they're cattle brokers. They buy and sell organic cattle. They do all the shipping and logistics like you're talking about. Uh, yeah. My family would not ever, the only time we ever had goats in our trucks was when we bought them, you know, for our personal yeah. farm. But that was yeah. it. Like they, they didn't want to yeah. deal with it. They didn't want to deal with sheep. They didn't want to deal with goats. It was crazy. So, Well, one thing I have also found that I find very interesting, whenever I tell this story, there's always a person in the crowd that's always like, we had goats. There's always like one. And then there's always someone else that comes up to me after and says, uh, just so you know, uh, you were not a goat farmer. You were a goat rancher. Oh, Far wow. Farmers deal with crops and ranchers deal with animals. But, you know, it's like no one knows that, so I just roll with it. I, I love how there's there's always a few of those individuals out there that yeah. feel that they need to exercise their unique knowledge base. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, like, yeah. if you're going to do it, do it in a fun way, not in a criticism way. Like, yeah. like, make a joke out of it while you're also showing me that maybe I was wrong with my terminology. But don't, like, come across like it's critical. It's like, okay, thank and, you. <laughs> and there is a good pointer, too, that is that in reality – accuracy is tied to the market that you're serving, mm -hmm. right? So in that case, if I said, oh, learn the secrets of a goat rancher, people would be like, what's that? You know, it, may, it, it probably won't connect as good as learn the secrets of a goat farmer because that's how people speak, right? That's what people understand. So there is a thing there is like, okay, just because it's right doesn't mean it's right. Well, 
I, I, I like that point because I mean, there's the whole. This is we, we, we live in a very massive country, right? United States yeah. of America, coast to coast. Um, it takes a few days to drive across it. <laughs> I've done it many times, and it's people need to be reminded like we we we're across three different time zones. Well, not including yeah. you know Alaska and Hawaii, right? So I'm just talking about the continental U.S. And people forget that you know, from other countries or other markets, like there's a lot going on here. So like just something as simple as rancher versus farmer, East Coast, because I, I was born in New Jersey, dude, you don't throw around the word ranch or rancher. Like that's just not in the traditional vernacular. That's something yeah. you see in the Midwest or out West. So yeah, yeah I would have been in the same way. I'm like, what? Goat rancher. What are you, what are you riding them? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So that's just an, you know, a point because there are a lot of people that, that don't understand that. They think, oh, I've got to be 100% accurate to what I'm saying. Not saying go out and say false stuff, but I'm saying there are certain ways to say things and the right way sometimes isn't the most technically yeah. cor- c- correct way. Well, now, now, yeah. now everybody listening to this episode can now come across as a uh, much more educated and goat-informed uh, yeah. individual. So. But, but let's move on for this because I, I just love, I just had to dive into that first because I love the unique yeah. stuff. But there's also something really, really awesome and unique about you as well. And because I have watched this show a couple times, we don't have cable. But ladies and gentlemen, we've got somebody who's been on the ABC television show Extreme Weight Loss. So yeah. that was yeah. 2012, right? Yeah. So it actually aired in 2012 and it filmed like 2010 to 2011. Okay, so, so they are running know, about a year and a half behind on average. I heard about that, but I never it, knew. So yeah, it, it, it depends on when the filming started, when it ended, and what the what the channel wants. Okay. You know, now um, was that yeah, before, our, or after the goat experience? After, that was well, well, well after. Well yeah, after. yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, my biggest like secret, I guess, is that I used to weigh five hundred and forty pounds. Um, at my biggest, tallest size—not tallest, but you know. Yeah. Well, and how tall are you actually? Well, I'm actually now about five foot ten. Crazy true story. I used to think, man, when I lose all this weight, I'm gonna be like six foot four because I'm just so big. I thought all the weight was weighing me down. I don't <laughs> really mean six four, you know, but I thought, man, maybe I'm really taller, but the weight just got me like gravity just beat, you know, got me down. Um, instead, what I found out was that my feet were actually fat too. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, I lost by like a half inch of height because I was just my feet were fat and now I, I lost the fat in my feet, which who knew that you had that, you know? Yeah. And literally um, I've been around the health and fitness space for a long time and multiple different domains. And I never really thought about foot thickness. Yeah. Uh, but to be fair, 500 plus pounds, that is a lot of onboard inflammatory weight. And yeah, yeah I mean, as inflammation reduces across the whole body and everything starts re-metabolizing and re-acclimate, you know, yeah. aligning for you. Yeah, and I should and I should say I'm not at all scientifically verified that stat. That's just my own assumption as hey, to how I got personal experience counts, knows? man. You knew it. Who knows? You know, yeah, but yeah. So I, I mean, my story though isn't a clear, you know, clear cut one as far as the weight goes. So I have kind of some ups and downs, um, both just in my life, and then of course on the scale. So the show um, was a life changing experience for sure. I started the show at that point. I was. I lost a few pounds. I was down to 493. Funny thing is, I recall thinking before the show started, oh, I hope I didn't lose too much weight and they don't think I'm that big. <laughs> I was 493 pounds. But I thought, you know, I was 540 before that. I also recall back then people being like, hey, how much do you weigh? And I'd be like, you know, say I weighed 490. I'd be like, 
470. Like it was weird. Like how did that, who cared? You know what I mean? Like who would care about that? But in my weird mind back then, I thought, let me shave 20 pounds off, you know? Um, but, but anyway, I did the show, um, at 493 and ended the show at, I want to say 238 was my kind of, and that was a year, one year of time. We, we exercise five to six hours a day, six days a week. Weight training five days a week, cardio four hours a day, pretty much every day except Sunday, um, and that was my life for, for about a year. Um, we had to work as well. Still, we didn't go off to some like, you know, fat camp or anything. It was like we were still at home. We yeah. had to still pay our bills, do everything that we do. So it was it was hard year, but learned a lot. Got to work with some great people, doctors, trainers, psychologists, all this stuff. Um, but then the show ended and by the time the show aired, I had already gained probably 80 pounds back, which was crazy. Well, I, and, I've been wanting to talk to somebody like you for a while about that because I, 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 cause what I know and the health experts I've had on this show as well, I'm like, I, I don't believe these shows and I, I'm, I'm interested in hearing your testimonial. I don't believe yeah. these shows truly set you guys up for long-term sustainable success. I mean, would you agree or disagree with that? Well, yeah, that's a great way to say it. And I, I don't pin the blame on the shows because okay. I think I think they're producing a product and we're signing up to be part of that of that that course, you know, in, yeah. in a sense. Now you could ethically say, should they get give more back or whatever? And there's a debate to be had there. But I but I think that more than anything, the call because here's the thing. I when it goes on and you this happens to people all the time, we always think it's just us. Like, oh, that was my screw up. You know, that's it's, it's on me. But in reality, literally almost everyone that that will lose more than 100 pounds will gain it back. Okay. It's almost it's almost nearly impossible not to. If you, if you dig in and you, and you look at the studies, you'll see that the amount of people who keep the weight off for more than five years is so low as to be rounded down to zero, according mm. to many studies. Um, some of the best people that have kept the weight off you know, have kept off about five to 10 pounds after five years. That's it. Okay. So, and they believe, scientists believe that it comes from the from rapid massive weight loss because it takes such a toll on the hormones in your body like ghrelin and leptin and ghrelin are just yeah, two of the yeah. key ones that are affected yeah yeah you probably know this stuff way beyond me i've only done a cursory studies on it but yeah. but there's so many factors at play that that there's uh, it's just very very hard if not near impossible to keep the weight off when you lose it too fast yeah. so to answer your thing yes i think that if you if you lost the weight over say three to five years for that size, I think it's more sustainable. Not only from a physical component as far as what you're dealing with, but psychologically too. I think both those things because it's such a change to go from one person to the other. Um, my biggest problem was that I I never really dealt with the you using food still for energy. See, that was my biggest thing. I use, and I still do to this day, it's still my struggle, is using food as a form of entertainment. Hmm. You know, and, and that's and probably kind of entertainment. Like just uh, just get it. Well, mainly I I work from home, right? right? So I'm kind, of, I'm kind of always at home, right? And so for me, when it's time to eat lunch or time to eat, you know, when, when the day's done, I want to get out. Yeah. I don't want to sit at home. And so when you when whenever you go out to eat, you end up eating either you eat up, you eat more or you eat higher 
calories because you don't know how it's being cooked, is it, you know? Yeah, that's true. When, um, when you step outside your home, that is the one environment you can control yeah. from through your knowledge base. But yeah, when you step yeah. out, that's another test of your knowledge base. Like, okay, how are, what am I consuming? What am I buying? Yeah. And then also I have this other part of me that I'm like, well, I don't want to go out and eat chicken and broccoli. I could do that at home for four bucks. You know what I mean? So then you go out and like, well, I want to get the chicken marsala. You know what I mean? You want to get like the fancy thing. That's my problem. So I, I've controlled it to an extent. But, but, you know, nowadays, so I, I gained back all this weight after the show ended. What was the and, total weight gain? Uh, this, this was weird. This, will, this is like a good little G whiz fact. I, I went all the way back to until uh, I weighed exactly 493 pounds. Wow. And, and the sure. crazy thing is I couldn't gain any more. I just stayed there. You hit the, that threshold back. My set weight. Yeah. It's like my body had that set weight and it's just like, we'll get back. And it did. I did some screen um, sharing here for the video watchers. So, and actually, oh, for yeah. people listening, uh, make sure you check him out. I, I, this is always on the website for the show notes, but make sure you go to only one Mike as an M I K E, only one Mike.com. And you did put like your before and after photo on a blog article back in July 2012. So, there, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. So, now was that that same weight or was that that was still the 500 plus uh, photo? So, on the left was the biggest I was, probably about 540 pounds wow um and then on the right was about 240 238 was that yeah it was the after photo how long ago was that taken so that was 2012 uh 2011 actually probably yeah yeah and now obviously there you are on the right here on the site yeah that's more me yeah that's more you you and i are rough and scruff today i like it i like it yeah i know i don't look anything like that right now but yeah that's 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 me when i when my wife has her way you know Wait, hold on. Wait, so, so she likes the facial hair or not the facial hair? No, she doesn't. Well, she she does, but she likes it a little bit less. She likes like the two or three day shave. Oh, like this. Like, yeah. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. yeah. For me, this is this, this a little too much. Oh, yeah. I, um, I had a big mountain beard for the, for the wedding uh, two weeks ago, and she's like, uh, yeah. that's going to be gone on the wedding day. She's like, that's yeah. not showing up in our wedding photos. And I'm like, come yeah. on. We're in the Canadian Rockies. This is like manliness. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, yeah, I've, I've dealt with this in my entire family. They're not beard, beard people. They don't, they always give me a hard time. Um, but yeah, to, to wrap up the weight story, cause it goes in a whole other direction. I got back up to 493 pounds. So, and this is also de- detailed on my blog as well, but I, I got back up that, that high. I got all these problems back, sleep apnea. I actually developed for the first time ever type two diabetes, diabetes which yeah. I didn't have that. Um, high blood pressure, my heart was all jacked up, had all these problems, sick all the time, had, had like a hole open up in my stomach. It was this crazy stuff. And Oh, yeah, your gut, was, your gut biology gets jacked yeah, up from the acid yeah. values and everything else. Yeah, So I, and I think it was a big part of it was, I think the reason, before that, I had always been relatively okay in health, I, it was, which is odd to say, but I wasn't like in bad health. I wasn't in good health, but I wasn't bad, and I could do be active and stuff. But I think the rapid amount of the weight gain, because I gained all that weight back like within a year or two, it was like, yeah, you're on a out. hormonal roller coaster, my friend. Yeah, yeah, my body was just whacked. So ultimately, I tried for a year to lose the, the weight again, doing like low carb stuff, trying to exercise you know, try to do things, but it was so much harder. And I just did not, I mean, the best I could do is get down to like 480, 470, and it's kind of stuck there. So after about a year of prodding, I I went ahead and got a surgery done called the duodenal switch, which is sort of a very, very rarely done bariatric surgery. 
And the reason why I've I picked it, yeah, it's very rarely done. It's like less than 1% of people get it. So it's so like duodenal, D-U-O-D-E-N-A-L, S-W-I-T-C-H, duodenal switch. The, the fully professional name is, is um, biliopancreatic diversion with duodenal switch. That's like the, the full-blown. Very fancy, um, my friend. Very fancy. Yeah. So the reason why I did that one is because, one, it actually, this was this is nuts, and you can research this, it actually cures type 2 diabetes. Not gets rid of it, not you know it cures it it's one of the only things they have right now that actually is a cure um not not only that there it goes yeah so basically you can see in the diagram screen sharing on on a really cool gi track here so yeah so basically they they you can see why they call it the bilio the diversion is because it helps to it diverts so all of this if you look at the screen there all of the space where the blue arrow is that's how much time your body is supposed to be of is supposed to ab- absorb everything. Yeah, nutrient absorption. Yeah. yeah. Instead, it, it bypasses that and it pushes the food down to the very end. That area where the blue meets the yellow, mm-hmm. they that's where you that it's only that little bit of space that you actually ab- absorb food. So they they call that the common channel, hmm. and um, it's measured in C C's, and the average is about one. Uh, 100 cc's give or take Um, and what that does the reason why i opted for it is because it allowed me to not digest all the food that i ate because so much of my metabolic rate was terrible like my metabolic score i did like the the baseline uh the bmr is called baseline metabolic rate mine was like at 500 pounds I was only burning about 2,500 calories per day. Yeah, I was going to say earlier, I mean, basically, when you go through that much weight loss or weight gain or just your lifestyle, you you had built such a track record that you basically, the, the non-scientific term is you became metabolically broken. And yeah. whatever yeah. whatever you started working on moving forward is about hit, finding a way to hit that reset switch, right? And, and yeah. that takes time. Depends on the yeah. everybody's different. Everybody's metabolically yeah. differently. Yeah. And there may have been if, if I had had access to like some crazy good expert that was knew what they were trying to do and stuff. Maybe I could have went down that route. But I looked at all the the uh, studies, the science, and all that, and I was like, well, this seems to be good for me. So I went down that that route and have lost, you know, over basically 300 pounds i've kept it off now for this is over three years now nice um i'm but i'm also super active so i walk every day you know a lot of miles i just i get on every phone call that i'm on i'm i'm outside you know i'm i'm always having to apologize for like the dump trucks going by or the lawn people but I don't care because I just want to be out there. I want to be active. So I probably walk 15 to 20 miles pretty easily each nice. week. Um, and then I go to the gym. I do weight training four days a week. And finally, now I'm, I'm actually starting. Um, I get some more b- blood work and I found that I have like some low free testosterone. So I um, just got subscri- uh, prescribed some stuff that I'm going to be starting. I guess one's an estrogen blocker. One's... Um, supposed to tell my brain to produce more testosterone. So I'm not getting on testosterone yet. 
because they want to wait till I'm a little bit older. Without being a scientist, your your tea production could have been affected by obviously all the weight gain, weight loss, back and forth. Yeah. Again, going back, everything is so much tied to your hormonal alignment. Yeah. Um, A a great guy you should check out. I've had him on the show a couple times. Is a uh, his name is Dr. Anthony J. PhD. Uh, He's currently doing research right now with the Mayo Clinic. He's like a geneticist. Uh, But he wrote the book Estrogeneration. And it's all about the influence primarily of plastics on our natural hormonal alignment. And for example, like cooking in plastic is the worst thing you could ever do. Uh, drinking out of plastic is the worst thing you could ever do. So if you don't realize, even if, even with these newer BPA-free, it's all BS. He's like, get the plastics out of your life. Wow. Uh, it's I a powerful it. book. Um, but the cool thing about that dude is, if you're really into testing and research, is yeah. I had him do, uh, I took my, you ever do a 23andMe? Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. got that. Yeah. So, you, so if you already have it, you get to log into your account, go into the yeah. back end of your account. You can actually export the raw data file that you and yeah. I can't read. Yep. yep. You send it to him. He'll do a full supplemental and chemicals analysis based on your DNA. He actually prefers to have the blood work too. So if you already have blood work on record and yeah. you already have that, you send that to him. He'll do a full report on what supplements benefit your DNA, what chemicals you especially need to avoid, all this, it's amazing. We did a whole Facebook Live uh, podcast Oh, on that's it awesome, yeah. Because I was like blown away. And uh, because like you and I come from different worlds, man. Like I, it's funny, like you're not alone. Like I have, my whole family has had major weight gain and most of them are overweight. I'm yeah. six foot four, 190 pounds, man. But that's my lifestyle choice. So I yeah. tell people all the time, Genetics can be reprogrammed, but it takes time, and it's about a lifestyle choice. I'm a huge health and fitness nut, so obviously yeah. I'm doing better than most. So yeah, I've learned that too. That I, you know, one of the things sometimes people go on and I do these interviews, and they want to ask for like, what's the secret to this or that? But I, I honestly think if there's any secret that I tell people, especially now, this may not apply if you're 20, 30 pounds that you you want to lose, but I feel like people that are very big, like 100 plus pounds there's not a lot of people that have been there and gone through that. So there's a lot more to it. But I I tell people like, you're not going to do this by waking up at 5am on a random Monday and like trying to run three miles and then hitting the gym and drinking your egg protein shake. You know, it's like you, the human body can't make that much of a leap. So it's got, it's got to be slow. I just, I tell people that like the, the bridge has to be very small. You got to be able to, to walk it. Well, you know, and it's, it's like your show. You lost over 200. I mean, what was the total weight? Two, I lost 255 pounds. Right. And in how much time year. was that? 12 months. 12 months. So that's actually a decent timeline. But I mean, it, on the show, so that show tracks the whole year or just a small Yeah, the whole, the whole year. Okay. So it took 12 months. That to me is way too much, way too fast. 255 in 12 I mean, months. I've helped people lose 100 pounds in three months, but I mean, you're at yeah. a, a much different level. And again, yeah. we're constantly reminding people there's plateaus. Like, it's okay to experience a plateau. That's your body reprogramming and kind of calibrating where your, your new yeah. weight is at. You got to allow that process to happen. Um, yeah. But you're right. I mean, you are a unique individual because, you know, I, I wouldn't have somebody that I talked to, like you, you just said it, 20, 50 pounds. I wouldn't have them chat with you. Right, like yeah, it wouldn't you, be good. You, you, yeah. you represent a very, very unique, but also not not so unique anymore. Uh, demographic, it's growing. it's growing. I was about to say a very small but very large, yeah, demographic, especially diabetes. Like my father became type two diabetic less than ten years ago because of some mistakes in his lifestyle choices, and yeah. I, I've gotten him back 
to well when he when he listens to me uh i've gotten yeah. back to only one diabetic medication but my goal is to get him drug free i don't pharmaceuticals are i, I call them a medical band-aid i don't know how you would Let's feel see. on that right, but i'm like it's yeah, a band-aid no. dude what is the root cause what's the root cause right yeah, and that's one thing that our country does not really focus on. We just want to treat symptoms. Yeah. And we kind of cover it up after that. Yeah. So I do agree. I mean, of course, there are drugs you got to be on. There's no, there's no way out of it. I don't, you know. Well, you're, um, I wrote this down on my dry race for you. The yeah. duodenal, is that how it's pronounced? Duodenal switch surgery? Duodenal switch, yeah. yeah. So was that considered a major surgery or was that more evasive? Like, what, what would you, what did they call it? Um, they, I think that in the general sense, people on the outside think of it as a really, really big surgery, mm -hmm. but they've got it pretty tight, tightly controlled now. So when I did it, it was probably in between. But here's the cool part. It's actually done laparoscopically. Oh, nice. So they're not cutting you open. I mean, they are, but you're not, not, you know, big no, cuts. It's not wide it's open. Little, five, you know, five, five little holes. And um, you know, I was in there for about three days post. Um, I don't know if that's because of my size. They're just so big, mm -hmm. but I know this. I've had people get it after now, and they've got. I had a person got it last year that I that I, I helped kind of go through the process, and they were maybe three hundred and fifty pounds, and they went home the next day, oh, and now they said that pretty much everyone goes home the next day. Well, I can at least speak to this from a shoulder surgery standpoint. I've been through a couple of them over the years. And they actually said, listen, like the first time I did it in 99, second one I did in 07. And then uh, in January, I just had a, uh, a collapsed lung surgery. So, I mean, not the same issue, but, you know, yeah. I, I'm a little crazy. But the point is, is that the first time I did it, my recovery was like four months of you know, PT and everything else. Oh, yeah. The second time I did it, they, I was like, I was almost back to full power within two to three months because they said, well, you, you are much fitter now than your first yeah. surgery. So there yeah. is that power of conditioning and strengthening, yeah. right? So I love you shared yeah. that today. Like, hey, man, lift some weights. Don't just go for a walk. Yeah, and that's more, more important, I think, than anything is weightlifting. It really has so many benefits. And I deal with this all the time with um, women especially. You know, there's like, oh, I don't do that. It's not good for me. Like, it's, it's sad because I have to tell them all the time, like, no, it is good for you. You yeah. want to lift. The human body is a powerful machine. You have to yeah. test it. <laughs> yeah, you can do a lot more. You, you get a lot more longer term benefit out of that as opposed to doing 30 minutes on a treadmill. I, I tell people all the time, there's also a famous trainer I'm friends with. He's got a powerful podcast. I might have to get you connected with him. Uh, he, he would have been the expert that I wish you could have found before your surgery. Um, his name is Vinny Tortorich of Fitness Confidential, best-selling book called Fitness Confidential. He's He gets a million dollars a month on his podcast. He guest stars wow. on, on Adam Carolla's podcast. Like the dude's, oh, awesome. but he owns the trademark NSNG, no sugar, no grains. That's, that's how uh, he, that's how he beat cancer. So, wow. Oh yeah. It's legit, man. So we're, we're hardcore keto, keto friends. But the yeah. point here is that whether it's keto or paleo or NSNG, his, uh, his classic statement that I've always said for years is that you can't out exercise a bad diet and abs are not made in the gym. They're made in the kitchen. Right. So yep, it's, yep. it's a balance of everything. So I, that's why I love you, you, you know, different parts of your story today, you kind of helped fill that in, but I wanted to make sure that kind of made its way to the forefront. Uh, I'm guessing you can agree nowadays, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, th that's the thing. And, and even me still to, to, to this day, I still have, you know, goals I'm trying to reach and now it's not so much about pounds on a scale as it is about the way I look or the way I feel about myself or my ability to do things. So now 
I've and I've I've built myself up now where even if I don't want to go to the gym, I still do it because it's like such a habit that I'll wake up and be like, I'm at the gym. You know what I mean? Like it's like, you know, I can't not go. Um, even when I'm traveling, if I can't hit if if my hotel gym is just awful, which is all the time. I don't know if you deal with that. Yeah, but, I travel but a lot. <laughs> yeah. So so you know, I'll still do something. I'll go and do like if it's leg day, I'll do like some squats and something, you know, mm -hmm. just so I'm doing, you know, I just can't not do it because you, I need that energy. I just got to, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, right. one thing that I, it's, that mother, I say, it's mother nature's energy drink, so to speak. Yeah. Right? It's like, yeah, dude, it like is. you wake really your body is. up with some training. Yeah. And then, and then to add to it, the other thing too, and I, and I deal with this a lot is people say to me, well, how do you make yourself go to the gym every day? Well, that's the, the trick is I don't think you can you got to get yourself to where you want to. Mm -hmm. Maybe at first you've got to make yourself, but that doesn't last forever. You will want to go, and that's really where you want to be. Oh, we're pausing on that point. we got to pause right here. You're dropping some bombs here, and I think this is going to tie it all together. From the lessons learned from the GOAT business, right? There were lessons learned from the Extreme Weight Loss Show uh, to you becoming a successful entrepreneur, right, and working in the marketing world too. Like People need to understand the point you just kind of casually threw out there that – what is your why? Your why is, is the mental connection. It drives everything. Can you expand on that? Like, do you, did you have different whys at part of like, let's, let's divide that up, right? You have three different parts of your story, right? That we kind of talked about today from the lessons yeah. learned as a young kid, uh, entrepreneur to the lessons learned from the, the TV show to the lessons learned now as a business professional, right? Has your why shifted and has it modified throughout that process? Yeah, I, I think it has. I, I think when I was younger and more out of shape, my why was always focused on myself. You know, how am I going to get out of this hole that I'm in? How am I going to fix this? How am I going to fix that? Okay. And, and I don't know if that was the best why, but it's just that's where I was, you know? And Go with what now, works, man. <laughs> yeah. And then as I've gotten older and probably got gotten more experienced and stuff, I, I started focusing my why on, you know, how do I leave a more of an impact or how can I help influence others? How can I get more of a thrill helping other people than I do myself? That's just the way I am. And it's not saying it's right or wrong. I just am that way. And so, I mean, I'll actually make, this is very weird, but so when, you know, every year and kind of every three or about, about every three months, I run through updates on different categories of my life. So I have like my health, I have like my spouse, um, I have family, I have business, investments, job, whatever. I could come up with like maybe eight or nine things spiritual. And I write kind of where I'm at, where I want to be, and what are the steps to make that shift. And the crazy thing is I'll end up using that and I'll actually write goals that I have for other for other people. And then I'll use that to kind of, when I talk to them, be like, hey, how's it going? Are you back in school yet? You know what I mean? I, I write down the goals that I, that, I, that I want for them. And I don't always know best, right? But I think I do, of course, right? So I'm, I'm always feeding them towards the direction I want them to go in. But, but yeah, I think going back, the why is what drives you. They call it the big why. You know, what is it, what is it that makes you get up every day? What is it that drives you? And, and for me now, my why is made a shift where – and you can think about it like this too. There's internal whys and there's external whys. Okay. So, you know, some of my internal whys are staying in shape, being, because I want to have children soon. So we're, we've, we've talked about that and we're, we're about there now. Well, yeah, so your, your health I'm matters wanting, as much as hers. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I really want to make sure that I'm around for a long time for my future kids. Um, that's an internal one, a sort of like ego driven one. Of course, every guy wants to have that take off the shirt abs, you know, popping thing. I would love that. I don't know if I'll ever get to that. Just to have somewhere it's like skin and stuff. I'd have to get chopped off, which I've had two of those done too. Oh, wow. that. But, um, you know, I, I'm going to need a lot more surgeries to make that kind of stuff happen. But, um, it, it, you know, that's probably one of them. And I just want to be more in, you know, more fit, strong and able to do more things, which now I am, which is awesome. I mean, to, to just to be like most people don't realize, like when I was doing the testing with the testosterone uh, doctor, he's like, man, you're, you're going to feel as good as you did when you're 20. And I was like, I hope not. I felt terrible at 20. Like I, I have like, no idea. I was like, you don't know my twenties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know what it's like. So I don't know. Cause he was like, well, do you feel kind of tired? And I'm like, no. But the thing is, I re I was, I don't even know how good I could feel. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what it's like to be 25 with everything. Awesome. Yeah. Cause so, well, how young were you I'm, when the weight gain started? Man, I was basically fat from the age of like four. Okay. I never, I never made a conscious choice to be overweight. Okay. That much I can say. Um, I grew up in a home. My my mom and my family they cared for me a lot, but my mom worked all the time. She was never at home. She was a single mom. I grew up with my grandparents a lot. My grandma was from like Alabama, and she was like, "We fry everything," and everything was just fried, fried, fried. And I just grew up eating that way. And to 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 till this day, it's hard for me to not return to those foods, you know, because it's like it was like my it was ingrained from, in you. Yeah, yeah, you know. So that's probably. Uh, tough thing for for me but yeah so i was big forever by the time I, I i recall this i recall being 17 and i weighed in on a freight scale and i know this because i i weighed exactly 359 pounds hmm. and i remember this because my friend who was like standing there next to me he's like whoa 359 pounds one more pound and you'll be a complete circle which oh, man. was a kind of a funny joke to, to to me i've always been like a funny guy. I don't think it's that bad, but it, you know, but anyway, that kind of stuck in my head, you know, that, that was at 17. That's so, you know, and by the time I was in my early twenties, it was in the fours. And, you know, I, I remember being in the fours and so your why had to shift, man. Like yeah. your, your why wasn't, you never had a reason to create a why when you were younger. It sounds like yeah. the, the reason for the purpose, the reason for the whys and the modifications and the growth of the why happen throughout life. I think that I'm always reminding people of that. It's like, yeah. I was like, you have to allow the why to come out, but you also have to allow it to grow and modify along the journey. I think people yeah. forget about that too. Yeah. You don't even know what you want because you know, you have to think about, especially if you're in a dark place, you're not thinking outside of just what you can see. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If you're thrown into a hole, your why is I want to get out of this hole. That's it. You know what I mean? You're not like, I want to someday start a butterfly farm. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's so far from where you're at. It's just like, I want out of this hole. Mm -hmm. Then you get out of the hole and okay, now, now what I want, now maybe I just want to go over there. I don't want to be here. I want to be there. And it's, it's a progression that, and that's, that's what life is, right? It's just a progression of steps. And we, sometimes we go the wrong way and we're like, oh, I don't actually like this. You know, all the time you, talk to people they're like i had the dream job beautiful wife had the family had it all but just didn't have anything you know and it's like why because maybe they didn't either they didn't get what either they're not feeling like they thought they would feel and they were basing it on that or they went down a path that was 
maybe the easier path, but not the right one. You know, yeah, you I just, think it goes back to your you know. why and the self-centeredness too, right? It's like, yeah. we, we've all been there. I, I, I know I was, and I found that life got easier over the past five, 10 years when you start aligning yourself with more purpose and you find purpose in what you're doing. It doesn't need to be in everything, but I truly believe like there's a powerful event that I go to every year. Uh, it's called Thrive, Make Money Matter. And uh, I think it's coming up at the end of May this year. They moved it earlier in the year. It used to be in September. Uh, but it's hosted by a guy by the name of Cole Hatter, successful entrepreneur from the, of the uh, West Coast. But the whole point is it's an entrepreneurial event for to teach people how to make their money matter. It's not – you're not going to go there – and learn about some new like real estate startup game plan or any of this crap, right? It's yeah. powerful speakers on stage, like world-renowned speakers who come here and they speak about aligning yourself with purpose, finding a way to make your money matter, like teaching you the fact that, dude, like when you find purpose in what you do and you align purpose with your money, as you grow, it's like I, I, I hard-coded my business over a year ago. So even if it's only 3 to 4% of your business, it doesn't matter. Like I know now that, three, four, 5%, and eventually 10%, whatever. I always pull it out of my gross income and I stick it into a for-purpose account. So technically, uh -huh. I can say that I'm a for-purpose business. And as I grow my business's success, that account will also grow because I've hard-coded my yeah. set percentage. So it's That's like, awesome. as I grow my business and I grow my success, my for-purpose, my ability to give back also grows. And I never thought about it that way before. And I was like, dude, that was like, whew, that was like a big, light bulb explosion that is, for, for me that is pretty cool and going back to what we've been saying yeah marketing hook there you go there you hey go. we're a for a purpose business and their mind here is non-profit even right. though it's not and you, you don't know, need to be a non-profit right you don't you have to yeah. be you know and that's the um, point that's like what are you awesome. doing in the world today and even yeah. if it's like I, like i take on i can right now i'm only doing two a year but i take on two you know non-profit or you know for purpose initiated businesses that are actually nonprofits per year that I'll work with from a sales and marketing standpoint, even if it's just consulting casual, like I'm on a board of one of them. I'm like, that's it. Like I'm not doing anything crazy, but because I can't, like, I'm sorry, I, I still need to be a little selfish. I still have to make money for my now wife and I, and we have yeah. to have, we have to have a life. Uh, but years ago, I didn't yeah. think that way. I, I kept trying to find, I would do, I, I, I left the corporate world and was a firefighter. So I was like, I, I tried doing the firefighting thing cause I wanted to have purpose. And then I realized yeah. there's no money in that. <laughs> so I was like, all right, it was a great life sacrifice. I learned a lot over those two years, but there, I'm meant to do something more, you know? And yeah. it sounds like you've also attained some of those lessons over the years too when you made the shift. For sure, yeah. And I think even now, even being a business owner in a sense, um, I've gotten to the point where where I like the business behind business more than I like business, which is kind of weird, but I'm getting better at creating ideas and putting together teams to build those ideas into reality. And I've enjoying that a lot more than the operational side. Yeah. Um, although I do enjoy it, I enjoy solving uh, problems. But yeah, so now we're starting to really expand and grow and, and we're, we're acquiring things or partnering with different people um, or even doing a few different startups. But but all of them are in sort of like give back industries in, in, in the sense of we find experts and we we package everything around that expert. Nice. So the information, services, consulting, um, all those sort of like pieces that people need. So this, we have one in health. We have a one for e-commerce stores. Uh, we've got one for 
real estate investing. So we, we find the, the people and then we build everything around them. And we basically do everything. They just provide their being a true expert. Nice. And that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm enjoying now. I really like that. Cause you know, a lot of people too, we, we pick people that aren't good at how at trying to sell themselves. You know, yeah. a lot of true experts don't know anything about other than their being the um, expert in that area that 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 they're in. So we try to find those types and say, hey, let's build something out for for you. Well, that gives me hope, too, and gives me a great feeling like there's these people out there that they're they just like they just need a chance. Oh, yeah. Let their voice be heard, you know. So I'm trying to, like, give a voice to the, those people. No, I love it because I was looking through your portfolio of businesses there on your on your site. Because again, ladies and gentlemen, it's yeah. uh, one only Mike dot com. Uh, sorry, only oh, sorry, dyslexia there. Only one Mike dot com. But right in your toolbar, you can click on businesses, and you guys got a little bit of a, a skinny on all that stuff. But that's that that that's why I want to make sure on on this show we got some of your backstory, a lot of your backstory in there, because I think that's part of the building the brand too. Is that because again, you and I are marketing guys like guys like be more transparent, bring more of your backstory in there. The journey that you've had to go through is what develops the mental fortitude and, and the decision-making abilities. And you already hinted at being able to solve problems, right? Well, if you haven't yeah. challenged yourself with anything in your life, you're probably not going to be that successful. Like the whole point of success and entrepreneurial success is you're making mistakes. Uh, you're learning from them and you're taking those lessons learned forward and forward and forward and you're amplifying it. And we said this multiple times on the show today, just like weight loss, it's like, dude, it's a timeline. You got to allow this metamorphosis to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, a couple of things that I always, that I say to people often is I, I say the mansion of success is built upon a foundation of a failure. Nice. Um, you know, and the, the other one, my favorite quote of all time, even though I came up with this quote, which is a little bit e egoist, I guess, but that's okay. Just, we like, I like quotes. I'm I, a quote guy. It goes, this one goes, life rewards those who take action, not those who take notes. Ah, and, there you go. The mic, you know? Well, from a and, guy who goes to a lot of events, you see, you look around the room, people yeah. are taking notes. I take notes too, but I was like, you yeah. can take all the notes in the world, but you still have to start taking action. Well done. Yeah, man. And I, and that's actually why I came up with that. Cause I, I do speak at tons of events. And I'll say it at the event because I want people, it's sad, but we know just the way things are, what, 90% of people won't do anything. They just go home. They'll go they home good. and the journal, the journal yeah. is like, you know, in a bookshelf yeah. with all yeah. the other journals. Yeah. And they, their yeah. brag is that, dude, I was at this amazing event. Like, okay. People always ask, well, what'd you learn? I like your point. It was like, well, what did you take action on since that event? Right. Yeah. 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 Cause I think in some ways going to these events, it gives people the dopamine hit that yep. they wanted without the, you know, without what, you know, cause oh, the only an event way high. I call it the yeah, event high. <laughs> yeah. The only way to get that hit otherwise is to do something, see the success, get the feedback and go, wow, that was cool. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's hard, way harder. Humans are always going to take the easiest route because that's kind of the way we are, you know? So Oh, it's, it's like it's like how water flows, right? You give yeah. it enough time, the water will cut its own path. It, it always finds the easiest path. So, yeah. Uh, well, listen, this has been an amazing show today, and I love the final quote you just dropped out there. But um, we do have to bring this show to close. Got to get ready for another show here. But before we close out, you are the guest co-host, so you get to close the show out with some final words, and you've dropped a lot of powerful moments here. But uh, is there something that's all encompassing 
right now as a final message you want to leave behind? I mean, the quote locked it out of the park already, but is there anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, I should have just, I should have not done that one now. I could have done it here and it been like awesome. Oh, you know? It hit hard, man. Uh, it's, yeah. I, I'm loving it. Yeah, no, it'll, it'll I, be I think. It'll in your blog article. Don't worry. I'll, yeah. I'll oh, awesome. Yeah, I, you know, I think just to sort of recap things is, you know, if there's anything that I'm proof of, it's that success is not a straight line, right? And there's ups and downs and there's zigzags and turnarounds. And, you know, everything is a continuation of where you came from and where you're trying to go. So I would say for people that are out there, whether it's your business or your health or just whatever it is you're trying to focus on, you know, just know that it's going to be a process where you need to iterate. I believe in that a lot. Just, you know, look for feedback. And the funny thing about feedback that I tell people all the time is that feedback usually comes in the form of a problem, a complaint, or an issue. Hmm. That's how feedback comes to us. So don't view it as, oh, they're, you know, if you have a customer that's saying they don't like X about what you do, great. That's great news. That's feedback. Right. You're never hardly ever do you get a call saying just call and say, I love everything that you do. Thank you. You know, like it's just not the way it is. So most feedback that you receive comes in a negative form. That's okay if you're expecting it and you don't care and you just you just see it for what it is. So any areas of, of, of your life that you want to fix or improve or change, look for the feedback that's being sent your way. Usually it comes in the form of negative, but that's okay. Okay. You know, so, you know, and you can do it if you just keep it. trying. I love it. Well, listen, that's, this is all, ladies and gentlemen, as you guys always know, I, I always on the blog article that accompanies the episodes. We always have all of his domains, the ways to follow uh, Michael, but also we'll make sure that the final words are notated in there as well as the quotes, because I am a quote geek and I love learning new ones. So uh, listen, hang tight. I want to give you a proper goodbye off the air, Mike. Ladies and gentlemen, right. again, make sure you go to his website, onlyonemike.com. There's a lot of blog history there. You can read up more on his health story. You can read up more about the businesses he's working with. He's even got an online course, and he clearly loves to help businesses and owners find the freedom that we all deserve. That's part of that entrepreneurial dream. So again, ladies and gentlemen, we definitely fueled your health, your business, and your lifestyle. He bounced it all today. Uh, remember, livethefuel.com. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Remember, you too can live the fuel. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com. Thank you.